Hello and welcome to the ooh, caught me off guard there. Hello and welcome to the May eleventh edition of the Infield Flyers podcast. As always, I'm David Capadano. I'm joined with Brendan Rorick and Jonathan Valero. How you guys doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah, good, definitely, good. Uh, definitely anxious. Oh yeah, same here. We gotta get the ball rolling. We need baseball back. Yeah, it seems like with the KBO going off, it seems pretty well at least. And I think I saw Japan's opening up. It seems like it's at least plausible for us to have baseball. Wait, have you guys seen good. some of the? Ga- have you guys seen some of the games lately for like the KBL? I've been meaning to wake up because they're on it like. Two in the morning and then five yeah. in the morning. So I've been mm-hmm. meaning to wake up at five and watching one. I just haven't been able to. I haven't watched it live, but I've seen like replays and everything. I've been trying to follow a little bit. Yeah, yeah. apparently the Diamonds so, are like the team to beat. Apparently. Yeah. And so hopefully we'll have crazy. American baseball. New news is that they... Uh, the owners approved the plan to go forward, I think, with the July 4th start date. Yeah. And it's going in front of the Players Association tomorrow. Uh, it would include an 82-game schedule. I think the salary, the revenue would be split 50-50 between players and owners. And uh, salaries would be prorated based on, I guess, half a season from what they usually were. What do you guys think? Ooh, it's it's going to be interesting because, you know, um, with only it being in 82-game season, um, you know, like some teams start off hot and get cold. and Some teams get off, you know, they start cold and get hot. You know, there's not enough games to do so. And then, you know, you're factoring where there's going to be a universal DH and – um, there's not going to be any fans, expanded playoffs. So they're just changing practically everything about MLB this season. Um, but we'll see. We, we, we will see how it goes. Yeah, I think the expanded playoffs are necessary with the shortened season. Yeah, it's going to so be a really weird adjustment. Definitely a weird adjust, adjustment. Yes, 14 teams this time. Are, what are you guys hearing about its chances of getting passed by the Players Association? Because when I was listening to the radio before, they were saying a lot of the players aren't about it, about taking a pay cut because of the risks of their I'm health hearing... that they're taking by going on the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that because it is a 50-50 split of revenue that you know, it's good for the Players Association um, because, you know, the players themselves are making half the money, um, which is great. So I've been hearing, you know, this is something that uh, would pass along the Players Association, but then again, you never know. Yeah, I think that would probably be the worst case scenario for baseball if they have all this said and they can't get it going because of a financial dispute. Like a lot of people think I'm not like, we're not old enough. I don't think any of us were born when the strike happened in 1994. And we definitely weren't able to comprehend baseball at that point. But uh, apparently a lot of people are saying that it never really recovered from that strike. So it would probably be really detrimental to a sport that's already losing a younger audience. If a financial dispute ends it this season. Did we lose Brendan? No, he's no, I'm here. Oh gosh, there's a little little um, connection issue. It was like was slow for a minute, so I couldn't hear anything. Oh, gotcha. I think it's clearer again now. Cool, cool. Yeah, but I think so. you know, going back to your point, Dave, it's I you know with that proposal, um, a big change would be the starting. You know they. Would, Teams will be playing, but they won't be playing without the fans starting off. And I think it's it's going to be very, very weird because I feel like the fans are what 
make you know make baseball games enjoyable. You know, where you have that one douchebag all the way in the in outfield booing everybody, uh, and you know you have kids smiling, laughing, uh, singing. You know, singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." So, you know, it, the experience I think what matters. Yeah, definitely. I drew a blank of what I was going to say. I don't know. The whole thing just kind of – I don't know what to think about it. Would would you guys – like, say the Mets or the Yankees win the World Series this year, would you guys count it the same as the other championships the teams won? No. As I was going to say about this, I think that it's going to be really weird if there's a team that, like, normally wouldn't win the World Series, wins it this year with, like, the less amount of games played. I don't think it would feel the same. Um, so at this point, I, I don't know how it's going to feel once they play those 80 games because, um, the full 162 makes it feel like a true grind. So, um, playing half of the year, um, you know, it's going to benefit all the teams that have that second half of the year push, um, you know, but I just don't think it's going to truly feel like a real championship winning baseball season for whoever actually wins it. What do you guys think? I I keep on going back and forth with this because there have been there have been strikes in the past where the seasons were the seasons were cut down to like under a hundred games. I feel like now with social media and they kind of get lost now because like no one really thinks that far back. But now this being in the social media age, I could see it being like a championship with a literal literal asterisk next to it. Just because it's only a half a season, like Brendan said, you're not going through the grueling 162 games with all the injuries and stuff, and also no, not really much of a home field advantage without a home crowd. I mean, I think it's gonna and divisions are different too. They're just yeah. gonna you're not playing you're playing the same teams the entire year. So like, are you championship caliber if you're beating the Orioles every weekend or? Because you're not, if you're in the East, you're not playing the Dodgers or you're not playing the Astros or the A's or the Angels. So, like, are you really considered a champion if you're just consistently beating up on the Orioles and, like, the Blue Jays and the Marlins? But, I mean, that's how it is. You know what I mean? That's how it is anyways when it comes to, I mean, yes, you know, you are facing the other divisions. True. But you're. But no interleague But play. you're facing the same you teams. You know what I mean? For instance, I like, I love the Yankees, but. You know, the Yankees were beating up on the – the Yankees had, like, a stupidly impressive win streak against the, the Orioles because they were playing the Orioles, like, 30 times a year. And it's – you know, regardless of, you know, what happens since, you know, they're not facing the other divisions, you're still going to face your division rivals. And, you know, some of those games are just – because you play them so much and they, they know you so well, it's a lot harder than playing some of the other different games against other divisions. But I also think it's – I think it's going to make those moments special where a team finally gets to play, like, someone else from a different division. And then you'll truly get to know, like, okay, which team was the better team? Was it because of the division? Was it because, um, you know, the other team's division was loaded and stacked with great teams? So I, I think it's going to give that animosity of, like, you know, these other teams – other divisions, it's going to have like a special feeling when you play against them. I like that point a lot. Like, I think that obviously Brent, Brendan's right that you're playing the, the same teams the entire season. You don't get to see some teams. But then Jonathan's also right because it, it'll make the playoff game meetings more special. Like the Yankees play the Twins in the first round every single year, but we trash them during the regular season too, so you kind of know what's coming. This year, if they both win the same amount of games without playing each other in the regular season, the playoff matchup will have more hype to it because you don't really know which team's the better team on the, when they play on the field together. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm more going off the viewpoint of the fact that when you play an interleague matchup and you get a taste of every single team within your league – um, you can, tr- I think it really truly shows if you're able to handle defending that division. So like if you're going to be a national league or American league pennant winner, um, I think it, it 
almost feels like you're more of a champion if you're able to show some sort of, um, you know, that you can beat all the teams in that league. So that's kind of more of what I'm getting at because the way the MLB rule works now is that the AL plays every single team at least twice a year in the sense like the Yankees would play the Angels at least twice a year, once in Anaheim and once in New York. So um, like that happening, that going away, I think is going to be a little bit of a different thing to get used to, you know, because you are going to be just seeing the same pe- the same teams over and over again. And yes, like, you know, the NL East and AL East play each other all the time, you know, every other, you know, week or whatever it is. And you continue to see the same people. But I think it shows a lot of a team throughout the entire year is really able to dominate everybody that they play. The Dodgers do that consistently every year. Whenever the Dodgers come into any stadium, you know, they, they empty or they fill seats, I should say. They're the best team in the league, and it's a really entertaining matchup. So um, I, I was thinking about this before. I was, like, working out, and I was like, let's say my team, the Mets, won the World Series this year. How would I feel? I would feel incredible, but would I be able to be, like, cocky about it? No, I would not, you know? We played 80 games. We didn't play the full 160. I don't know. I'm still torn. You see, I might change my mind tomorrow. When yeah, I but the thing up. is, you say that now. But if the Do- but if the Mets beat the Dodgers in a playoff series, I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna be. You know, talking. You're gonna be talking yeah. it off that you know the, the Mets beat one of the best teams in the league. Um, I think, of course, you know it's. I'm. It's. It's tough. Like I'm. You know, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm also a little excited because, you know, we'll get to see teams that we might not normally see in the playoffs. Like, you know, maybe the Blue Jays or the White Sox or um, some of the other teams that you normally don't see in the playoffs every year. I think Cincinnati Reds. Okay, that's a good joke. <laughs> the Reds will not. What's cool for all of it, just so everybody knows, the Reds, the Reds will not make the World Series. I really hope they do for Dave's for, for Dave's um just for Dave's wallet in reality, um but I, I it's one of the best things I've ever heard. The Reds will not make it, but um you know hopefully like yeah imagine like the White Sox did or something. I mean that'd be pretty. But maybe the Reds, maybe the Reds will. Who knows? And I think knows, you know actually. a team like the Mets, I think would be a <laughs> a big benefactor in something like this where. The Mets can come and Would you guys place. be happy if the Mets won the World Series? Would you guys be happy for the Mets? If if the Mets won the World Series? Yes. As long as they're not playing the Yankees, I, I'd root yeah. for the Mets. I mean, listen, like, I, I don't really – I don't hate the Mets as long as they used to, but if the Mets hate – if they eliminate a team I hate, then that's totally fine. But I'll tell you one thing, though. I do not want to meet the Mets in a playoff series. Like, that <clears> – <throat> Nope, I I would I'd rather not. I'd rather face any other team, but I do not want to meet the Mets in a playoff series. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, that pitching nope. is scary. I don't I don't hate the Mets at all as a team. To be honest, it's it's really just the only thing that annoyed me back when in 2015 when you guys had like the two seconds of success, is a lot of Mets fans were just loud and obnoxious, and you guys really didn't win anything. Except for a pennant, but isn't that what the that's, isn't that the Yankees yeah. anyways? <laughs> that's really th- like I don't really hate I don't really hate teams. Like occasionally I'll hate a player, but it's usually the fans when they when they get like that. Like when with class is all I have to say. That's very very fair. And it wasn't you. It wasn't it wasn't you, Brendan. It was my roommate. I know. I know. Here. I know exactly. Who you're, I know you're talking about. There's also we know a Mets fan. The three of us know well um, through through our circle of. Of, of brothers um, who sometimes can be a little obnoxious. And, uh, <laughs> he, um, I hope he's, if he hears this, I hope he knows that I'm on his side, but there are some Met fans like that where, um, you know, they haven't won in a while and they get really aggressive. I appreciate you all. I mean, we're all baseball fans. So I've always said if you, when you're younger and the guy that comes in is like, Oh, the Mets stink and the Yankees are the best. Well, like that wasn't the case in 2006, you know, but like right now or like, you know, five, four, four or five years ago when the Mets weren't really good before they had the 2015, well, not what time it's 2020, right? Let's say seven years ago, 2013, Josh Tolley's the starting catcher for the Mets. That's a horrible Mets team, right? That's when you can say the Mets suck and the Yankees don't, but like, 
I'm a Mets fan that's always been realistic. So when they suck, they suck. And when they don't suck, they still will suck. But they genuinely, on paper, they are pretty good, you know? So. Yeah. And we dropped JVs. Hopefully he jumps back on in a second. Yeah, there's something. The connection's all weird. It's all right. I'm just... Like, there's so many positives and negatives I could think about this proposal. I'm just ha- I'll am just i just be happy to have the game set. And if they do agree to this tomorrow when, it's at- when they're at the table, then, I mean, at least we have a set date where it's coming back. Like, we know it's coming back in July. It's not up in the air anymore, which I think is a huge thing, just to have things to look forward to during this time. I agree. But one thing that should be mentioned is what is the health concerns with all this? Is that really the owner may have approved the plan, but what is going to happen like with the players that like have underlying health conditions? Like, you know, that's when you talk about like what the player association is going to say, I wonder if that's going to be one of the main drawbacks because of how slow things are moving around the world right now. Um, You know, just with everything coming back. I think they can't. They can't force players to play. Like if somebody, of course, if somebody doesn't feel safe, that they're they'll let them be on leave. Hopefully, paid leave. I would hope. But yeah, uh, yeah right. I think. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I didn't see anything about what kind of precautions they would take. Obviously, they're going to sanitize clubhouses. No fans. So I don't know if they're going through with the whole have the players sit three seats away from each other in the stands. I think that's pretty stupid. Just have them be in the dugout. But uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, one I don't of the know things I heard do. was a like a division taxi where it's like 20 players or only 20 players at a time, like on a bus, uh, going from place to place with a, I think it's like a 26-man roster. Uh, so they're limiting amount of people each, you know, each team can take on a bus. But, you know, I'm sure they'll have the, pre, you know, the precautions. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things it's going to come down to is if, you know, players decide not to play, um, it's going to be the pressure from the fans, you know? Yeah, well, that's also the thing. If they de- decline this proposal, the owners already said it's good to go. So the Players Association is really the ones under the scrutiny. Like They're going to face all the backlash from the fans if they say no to this. So, it's true. So they might not get everything that they really want to for the play- from the players' side. That's true. And they've, al- the they've already kind of made concessions with the drafts being shortened from 40 rounds to 5 rounds, which is an <laughs> atrocity. We could talk about that for a half hour, but that think about all. Did you see the tweets of all the players who wouldn't have got drafted if it was only a five player draft, five team draft, five round draft? That's saw a bunch of like you wouldn't have Albert. There was a lot. Mike Piazza would have been one, for example. Yeah, Yeah. and then I think the I think the maximum a team could sign a player who didn't get drafted for is. Like twenty thousand dollars, which is le- much less than the normal That's minor league crazy. salary. Right. What? The more the more I think about the eighty-two game thing or the half season thing, it is going to be super competitive, and I hope that people it like kind of brings people back to baseball that may have not been paying attention to it the last like few years, because with less games, it is obviously more competitive. With less games, like every game really does matter, you know. So with just like really one half of the year being played. You know, so I hope that that makes people really tune in and love it and like kind of go back to watching baseball. Um, and I, I think I was saying before about how like one of the the player association might find themselves like restricting um, or saying no to their proposition because of what the players think. I'm assuming most players are going to be down for this just to play, you know, so I'm really hoping that Tuesday comes and they just say this is the case. Um, hopefully no other outside noise comes and, like, screws up the plan. But I really hope that we can wake up on, like, July 4th and it's, like, the first opening day. How how American is that, that opening day would be, like, July 4th? Wouldn't that be sick? That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be awesome. Like, baseball is, like, part of July 4th. Exactly. Like, you wake up, barbecue, you have the baseball game on the TV if you have a TV outside or you just have it on on the radio. It's part of the hot. Like it's the same thing for Memorial Day. Obviously, we're not going to have it. Maybe we'll have a spring training game. Probably not, though. But 
I mean, those those sports are almost part of the holidays. That's how ingrained they are in the culture. I think what's going to be interesting is uh, how it, I think it's going to in terms of like you know the MVP and the Cy Young and like M- <laughs> imagine the MVP with like fifteen home runs, forty five RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's, that's another be thing. That'll be interesting. The se- the season real and it ties into our topic for later on, where we talk about Hall of Famers. Like this season, you're not going to be able to compile the stats that you normally would, so it could hurt some players' cases who need a couple more, se- two or three more really dominant seasons. Well, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt true. someone like Albert Pujols, where he's. Oh, he's already he, No, I'm I'm talking about in terms of you know him chasing 700 home runs. Sure, yeah, the 700 chase. Well, also Miguel Cabrera is chasing 500 and 3,000 this year. But he could have got. Both but then again, maybe a shorter season, season they can play longer. You know what I mean? So it's like it. It's yeah, yeah I guess. it's it's different. I find the DH thing really weird, too, from the National League perspective. I like, you know, um, since we've had our podcast, we've had the um, four-year anniversary of Bartolo Colon's home run, which might be one of the best moments of baseball history. Um, And there won't be pitchers hitting, so that's going to be weird to adjust to from the National League perspective. Um, This is probably a completely unpopular opinion, but I actually don't mind when the pitchers bat. I think that actually makes the game pretty interesting, personally. Yeah, um, I love watching pitchers hit. It's like entertaining. I'm, I agree. I'm cool with that. And I think that it's fun to watch like a player, like a pitcher at two home runs in a game, which does not happen very often, but there are definitely a few players out there that can hit. Um, you know, so um, it's just going to be really weird with the DH thing, you know? A lot, of, a lot of offense. Just a lot of offensive, you know, focuses and stuff. Oh, yeah. So. Well, it's definitely good for the Mets because you guys have a couple guys who profile more as a DH than a position player. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, a lot of teams have um, guys like that, though. Like, I think that Cespedes will probably be that for the Mets, assuming he's ready to go. If not, you put Dom Smith in there. You know, either one would be great options. Um, you know, then you got a lot of guys that have signed like veterans. Um, you know, to that probably would come off the bench. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, for example, the Giants. Didn't the Giants sign Evan Longoria this year? Or last yeah, they year? have him. They I have him on the too. And I'm pretty sure. I don't – really? I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's, – That's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they actually did. I think he's still a free agent. But yeah, he, I think there so was too. definitely rumors. But uh, you get guys like that that were – that are, you know, veterans that – may not be the starters on the team, but are definitely going to be coming off the bench, and now they're going to be starters with the DH thing. So, you know, it'll be, I just want it to happen, right? We just want it all to happen. It's true. We want it all back. Right. I mean, but also look for um, the ERA and the NL to be higher than what it normally would be because of that. You know, DH is – Gonna cause some mm-hmm. massive damage in the National League. Yeah, it'll probably there'll probably be more offense. Maybe not. We'll have to see if they change this baseball back or if the home runs are still flying <laughs> out of the park because there could be there could be a a regression just from that. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what they do with those juiced up balls. <laughs> well, also we don't know what's happening with off days and double headers. There's a lot of interesting dynamics that we'll have we'll have to see when the schedule comes out, because like if there's if there you're not ha- worrying about double headers, I'm just using my pitchers, I'm using my starting five as much as I can. Like I'm I'm throwing Degrom eight innings every single start because he's only going to throw sixteen games. No, yeah, I think it's the, the same. I think it's like the same like schedule format that we. I mean, not the same exactly. But the same idea that it would in a regular season, like in an off season. So I think it's going to be like around the same amount of same amount of games off, same amount of games on. Because it's only eighty two games, so we should go back and like do another like 
relook at our picks for like the MVP and Cy Young and stuff because there's a very strong chance that it's going to be some dude out of left field that wins the Cy Young because of this. Or like some guy that's hitting like 500, (laughs) you know? It's like, oh my God. Yeah, there's always somebody who has like an insane first week and then just die. Like Scooter Jeanette a couple years ago, I think he had like 16 home runs in the first month. Mm -hmm. And then he just dropped off. Ended up getting traded to the Giants in July. Listen, we'll see. For all we know, a guy like, you know, Miguel Cabrera could just win, you know, the, the, the batting title. You know, like who who knows? You know, probably not likely, but you know, it's or, just eighty two games. Think about the players that have like second halves that are just like ridiculous. And then because they didn't have the full, you know, hundred and sixty two game season, you know, they didn't win the award, but there's guys that have like second halves that make them superstars. And those guys are going to want to be the ones winning, like the MVP and stuff. Or the uh, it's going to be a weird. Few years back, there was a guy. Uh, what's his name? Yovani uh, Solardi for the Yankees, the third baseman. Who's? <laughs> oh yeah, he hit like three thirty in the first <laughs> half, right? Like it was like an insane like three thirty in the first half, with like fifteen home runs. Like it was a ridiculous playing third base. You'd be someone like that just winning an MVP award. And you would have never guessed it. That's I mean, funny. good for that guy true. if it happens, I guess. That's true. It's a time for everyone to shine. <laughs> Very competitive. Yeah, definitely. It's adorable. I mean, there's just going to be so many studies, like, looking back five years, five years from now, looking back at this season, like, how is it going to affect free agency next year? How is it going to affect uh, MLB prospects who were supposed to come up in 2020 and now might not be able to. It'll be it'll be an interesting study if everything does go back to normal. Did you guys also see, moving on to the next topic, Bryce Harper's comments about allowing players in the Olympics? Mm-hmm. I think the last time MLB players played in the Olympics were, was in 2006. Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to be... Medal. Well, I, I for one agree with him, because I think what made me do that was the, you know, the World Baseball Classics when the U.S., you know, finally the U.S. won, and it was super entertaining. The games were amazing. The U.S. versus Dominican Republic matchup was awesome. I think that, you know, having the Olympics, the best athletes in the world, but you don't have the best baseball players in the world competing. I think that says something. And I, just, you know, it's what's great is, you know, I had, you know, what I saw on Twitter was when Marcus Stroman was campaigning for the team USA uh, and you had guys like uh, Pete Alonzo and a lot of other, you know, superstar athletes like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Like for me, that was a moment of national representation and I loved it, but I just feel, especially in the U.S., you know, money talks and it's show me the money or I'm not going, you know? Yeah, that's unfortunately how a lot of the things work, but I, I just look at what the Dream Team did for the NBA when they allowed players to play in 1992 and you just had all those superstars go overseas on a national stage and just dominate. Like right now, baseball's failed at every single attempt to go overseas besides uh, certain demographics like uh, Hispanic and Dominican countries obviously have a lot of Cuban countries have a lot of uh, skilled baseball players coming out of there. But like in Europe and I guess age is kind of catching on now, but all the, all the, uh, the attempts to expand baseball to, to other big market countries has really failed. And this might be a way if you have like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper making their, making their presence shown in the Olympics, then it might be a way to get more athletes and just Man, grow the I game would love up. to see, um, you know, some of the Japanese teams, uh, you know, play in, in just in the MLB in general, because I've seen, some of their players, some of the things that they can do, 
in their league and is absolutely insane. There was a player, um, yeah, I think it was in Japan, who hit over 800 home runs, and it was like, wow. And I don't know. I love I love the way Japan plays. I love their style. Um, you know their patience, their approach that they have to the game. You know, just as with Dominican Republic as well. I hope it. Ha- I hope it happens. I think they baseball is supposed to be in twenty twenty, but with like college players and. Uh, semi-professionals, yeah. right? But then, no, I think that got canceled. They got postponed till next year. Yeah, or postponed to 2021. And I think, as a result, the World Baseball Classics can canceled now in 2021 because they counted this the events. Yeah, I think I think that the the World Baseball Classic is pretty much the baseball version of the Olympics with just. You know, the tournament style of playing and similar to like the World Cup. And I think they should focus more on that and having actual, you know, guys like Mike Trout um, and a lot of top guys representing the U.S. Because I think this is where you're going to see the best style of play you'll ever see. Yeah, but people don't like American baseball fans watch and probably like. Fans in like Asia and Japan, they probably they probably watch it, but I feel like there's definitely a lot more eyes on the Olympics just because of like country pride. Even if you like, I have no idea what's going on in women's figure skating, but I still watch it because it's it's an American thing in the Olympics. Like people won't watch the World Baseball Classic, even if the players play if they play in the olympics though then the eyes will be on them just because it's an olympic sport that their country's participating in all right do you guys have do you guys have any other headlines or should we go into our hall of fame conversation Um, no headlines yeah it's just super excited to have baseball back i think we are ready for baseball, but, you know, safety-wise, I don't think we're not there yet. Um, just, you know, a little sad that us fans are able, aren't able to watch them live. But hopefully, you know, it's not going to be the case of that Orioles versus White Sox game where there was no crowd and it was absolutely boring. <laughs> you know, I think they'll find they'll find ways to – make the broadcast at least a little bit a little bit better like maybe pump crowd noise in or uh well I don't know about the crowd noise there's been people have gotten in trouble for that but like I always thought a zoom conference with fans maybe during the broadcast or something like that or with the KBO they've had some pretty good interviews with players calling in to talk so I think they'll find a way to make to make it at least tolerable. To yeah, watch the South Korea baseball league, they have like they have like these fake fans <laughs> behind home plate. Yeah, the mannequins. I, I don't know so if they mannequins funny. in the back. I mean, also maybe we'll see different camera angles where you don't That's really true. see the fans. I'm sure there'll be people complain about that at first too because it's a new thing, but maybe maybe some good will That's come from it. Well. You never know. I mean, we'll see, you know. So our main topic for today was Hall of Famers that are playing in the game today. And I think we said we would split it up. Players who, if they retired today, would be walk-in Hall of Famers. And then guys who are on track. Like, if if they... duplicate their first half of their careers they'll be first who do you, got, who do you got for the if they retired today they would be a hall of famer I have seven players I guess just yeah, tell yeah. me if you agree or disagree I, agree. I have Albert Pujols no. yeah I mean, his slash <laughs> line is ridiculous he has 600 home runs 3000 hits uh, then yeah, I, I agree with that. Landry. There's no, you can't argue that. 
Yeah, the only the only thing he doesn't really have right now is the wins. He doesn't like usually three hundred wins used to be like the threshold, but nowadays pitchers don't really finish their games. So I think two twenty five will right now will probably get him close to two fifty when he retires, and that'll probably end up being the new three hundred. And he has three thousand strikeouts and a couple of championships. Oh, yeah. So I think he's yeah he's already showing. There's no doubt about that. He's probably one of the you know the greatest pitchers I've seen ever pitch. So, what are your like parameters when you look at um, the Hall of Fame? Like for me, for me, I feel like you have to be thought of as one of the best players at your position for like an eight to ten year. Oh yeah, period, definitely. I think longe- longevity is key. I think your records and what you're able to accomplish is key. And one of the major things that isn't measurable is your clutch factor. And pretty much how clutch were you in games when they needed you most? And I think Verlander is one of those guys you put him in game seven of the world series and you know you can trust him. He's gonna he's gonna give you good innings. And he's he's gonna go out there. And he's gonna strike people out because he's, he's fierce competitor. Yeah, we've oh, seen yeah, that at Yankee fans. The worst feeling in the world. <laughs> so then next, I have Zach Granke. This one I feel like could be a little <sighs> controversial, but if you look at his numbers, he's a year younger than Verlander, but his WHIP and ERA are exactly the same, and his record is similar. It's two oh five and one. So you have do you have Zach Greinke before you have Clayton Kershaw? Oh, okay. oh well, he's on the list too. I'm just I was going team by team, so obviously I'm gonna have the two. I mean, yeah, together. I mean, oof, yeah, Zach Greinke's he's debatable. Um, I think he'll get in. I think he was a, you know, if you go back to his Kansas City Royals days when he was just a filthy ace, uh, I think his earlier days is definitely what I think would put him in. Um, and, you know, even his you know most recent days, he's still pitched good. Yeah, he's been consistent. Yeah, and like Verlander, he's kind. Of, he kind of had a stretch in the middle of his career where he, where he wasn't as dominant, and he, he figured it out. So I think that, that only true. helps you, like we, like that you said, the longevity. Well. Then I, then I have Yadi Molina potentially. Okay. I can, I, I can agree with that. I mean, he doesn't have. He's thirty-seven now, and he says he wants to keep playing. He does. If you stack him up against like other position players. His numbers are really pale in comparison, but he's a catcher. And I mean, 282 with 150 career home runs. He'll He's, what is that, 37 hits away from 2,000. I feel like those, to be a catcher and spend your career, span, span a 15-year career with those kind of numbers, I feel like that's good enough as a catcher. Well, not to mention, know. he was one of the, probably one of the best, Defensive, you know, defensive catchers out there. I mean, he won a total of nine gold gloves, so that only put them behind um, Pudge, Ivan Rodriguez, and Johnny Bench. Um, and not to mention his offense when needed most, he was clutch. Are we talking though about like them being on the ballot or them actually getting in? Because like, well, these these seven are my. Okay definite Hall of Famers. Like, if they retired today, they'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I guess y- Yachty's part of that debate where how much does defense really matter in the Hall of Fame voting? Well, I don't think just defense. I think it's the way he grooms the pitching staff, the way he's, you know, a leader in the clubhouse. The, it, it's his bat, it's his defense, it's you know, the way he's able to manage the pitching staff, guys like Chris Carpenter, guys like Adam Wainwright, that, you know. He... Yeah, but does that stuff matter? I think it does. As much as, as offense in the voters' mind? Because the voters can be a little quirky. <laughs> I, I can't even. 
if we're talking about the voter's mind, then you can't it, – it, it, it's tough to guess who's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so it's – but uh, I think so. I think if he were to retire today, I think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. All right, so then I have Clayton Kershaw, who kind of gets in. I mean, every single year of his career has been dominant. I think his highest ERA that he's pitched at least 25 games was like last year at 3.06. So he's just been flat out dominant. He has 2,500 Ks. He's only pitched 10 years, so he only has 169 wins. But if he pitches another five five years, he'll get to at least 200. I'd say I think he can walk in today, kind of kind of Sandy Koufax style, where he didn't have a long career, but he just dominated every single inning he pitched. Minus yeah, I think he would get, he would get in based along his regular season stats. I think if he, I just need him to just prove himself in the playoffs. I just. <laughs> Please, at least once, at least one time, prove yourself in the playoffs. Because if he can do that, he is automatically in the realm of the greatest pitchers of all time. He's right up there in terms of ERA, the filthy filthiness that he has. But I don't know. It just he gets in the postseason, and you know, instead of Clayton Kershaw, they throw out Jeff Weaver. He's throwing pitching practice out there, so I don't. I really don't understand. I don't. But I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? What do you what do you think? Well, he's definitely in for he's definitely in for me. I mean, ten seasons. I think he has like three of the top five ERAs in single seasons of all time, or something like that. Easy. Yeah, I think he'll man. I think. I'm no, sorry, I'm, I, I, I think these are all pretty much they're going to go in. But I'm also just struggling with, like, I don't know. If Ker- I, I can see Kershaw being in the Hall of Fame for sure just because he's just so dominant. But I think him not having a postseason record of success will make him not be, like, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, it might take him a few tries to get in, you know? See, I hate the, I hate the whole ballot. I know. That's why – that's where my head is like going right now when I'm hearing all these because, like, I don't think Yadier would get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I like I like that conversation because Jeter was such a true first ballot Hall of Famer guy because he was undeniably unanimously deserved it. Like, that to me strikes Hall of Fame. Like, Hall of Fame to me is not Jeff Conine being on the ballot <laughs> for, like, 20 years and, like, never getting in. Like, he, like, played for it. He played like for every MLB team. Like he DH a little bit. He was kind of a chubby guy. He was a great hitter. Like you know, he did what he had to do. But like, you know, they, there's these guys that are continuously on this ballot that are Hall of Fame caliber, but never actually get in. Like I think of like, like Albert's gonna get in right without a problem. I think Kershaw will get in without a problem. Um, you know, but like y- Yadier should as well. Um, like, well, before I go into that, are you? How many more do you have to say? Do you have one more to say? Did you say Miguel Cabrera yet? I have two two more on this list. They're Max Scherzer. Yeah, those are Miguel both Cabrera. great. Those are yeah. probably the other two. I would rec- I would say currently are like definitely gonna be there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you with the ballot though. Like, why is someone a? Why is Larry Walker a Hall of Famer suddenly in his tenth year on the ballot, but he wasn't the first nine? Like, it just doesn't. It's so annoying, and people. Some voters don't vote for someone because they didn't like them the first couple of years. So they do it as a slight. Uh, some people don't vote for Derek Jeter because they want their articles to be read in Sports Illustrated or whatever Baseball America article right. that they write. Well, there it's is just, that rule so where dumb. I think you're ineligible after not coming into whatever percentage of it is for the vote. So, like, if you consistently get, like, one or th- to three percent of the people voting for you after, like, two or three consecutive years, you're taken off the ballot. So, Larry Walker just happened to be, like, really, really close every single year and finally squeezed in there, you know? Yeah, you fall off if you, if you uh, don't get 10 percent right. of the vote. 
And I think there might, after like five or six years, there might be like a yeah, 30% I think there is. cut off. But I know, I know there's a 10% one. But I mean, if we're going to talk, if we're going to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame, I mean, I can tell you one name right now that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Might cause a little bit of controversy, but, you know, a guy like Pete Rose, you know? Uh, yeah, I think I think he should be in, but there's so many commissioners have had his, he he is in the Hall of Fame because like his records, he's the all-time hit leader. But like just everything that he's he's done against the commissioners and stuff like that, I think it's just too late for him to get I, in. I think it's just I understand why back then that you know there was animosity towards him and but if you had guys who were on steroids on the ballot gaining <laughs> gaining votes every single year but you don't have a guy like Pete Rose who broke you know the all-time hits record cleanly by a mile and he can't get in it it's it's, I think it's insane. I think if a guy like Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens gets in before Pete Rose, I think I'm just going to lose my shit. Excuse my language. Well, he's, he got punished because of how he treated the commissioners, too. Like, if he, if he just handles his business respectfully, I think he would have gotten in. But he just kept on going back and forth. Like, the whole history of it, the whole history of it, like, the book, if you read the book that the or the biography that was written about the whole situation is kind of, it's kind of like a both sides both sides were kind of guilty with this one like he he did bet on games which throws off the integrity of the game but he didn't do it as a player so should he be in I don't know Brenda what He's do you just, what do you think about it his story is just really freaking weird you know, he, he was a great baseball player, but like he just got so many negative things against him. Like, I remember there's a video on YouTube. I just want to check it out really quick. I'm pretty sure there was a video on YouTube of um, when he was a manager after he played, and like his temper was just like unbelievable. Like, I remember he like used to punch on um, like push umpires, and like you know, he just the guy just. He he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame for the reasons of his like like stats wise yes hits leader all that stuff yes but he just has a lot of issues that in the history of baseball did he do it really the right way that the baseball sort of tradition calls for no he didn't but then you can make the same case with Barry Bonds like a very similar case with Barry Bonds who is the best home run hitter all time. You know, but he cheated. Should he be in the Hall of Fame because he cheated, or should he be in the Hall of Fame because he was always kind of the face of baseball and is part of baseball history? I mean, like, should you be in the Hall of Fame because you were a part of baseball history? Because Pete Rose definitely was part of baseball history for obvious I reasons, think, and so was a guy like Bonds. I think think about all about forgiveness. I, you know, I am a diehard Yankees fan, Yankees fan to the end. But I mean, you have a guy like George Steinbrenner. Who, you know, may you know, may he rest in peace. He was banned from baseball for a while because of you know some of the things that he did in the Reggie Jackson era, and then he was allowed to come back like twenty years, and he was still a Hall of Famer. So I, I think it's all about, I think it's all about forgiveness, and I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, MLB needs. To pretty much let go of, just let go of that previous animosity, because as you can see, cheating doesn't stop. <laughs> if you ask the astro, the you know the Houston Astros, it still continues on. So I just think, you know, let him be in this moment where he is right now. He is live and well. We can honor him for how great he was as a player before something unfortunate happens. And then, you know, we're not able to see him in person, him give his speech at the Hall of Fame. And then, you know, it's going to be somewhere where he just, he passes away. And then they're going to honor the fact that he did. And then they're going to try and get him to the Hall of Fame because of, no, like, 
Why don't we just do it while he's here, you know? Well, that's the whole thing. They're gonna they're gonna put him in well let's get let's get it straight. Him, Barry Bonds, all the all the people who are blackballed from the Hall of Fame. They're all in the Hall of Fame. They're, you could, if you go to Cooperstown, Pete Rose's name is there because he's right. the all-time hits leader. He doesn't get a plaque because of his because of his because of his conduct and how and his fight with the commissioner. Like everyone knows the story, he didn't get along with the commissioner. The commissioner had heart problems and died. The next commissioner blamed Pete Rose and just completely denied any chance for reinstatement. That was really qu- a really quick thing, but just watch the documentaries on it. They're pretty interesting. I, like I said, he his conduct is, isn't Hall of Fame worthy. If he just sat back like George Steinbrenner did when he was banned and just let let the thing pass, get reinstated, he probably would be in the Hall of Fame. But he didn't. I He's mean, not the best neither person. Is some of the, neither, neither are some of the players in the Hall of Fame, but it's... Yeah, I know, but he would be. I don't. I, they're definitely not going to let him into the Hall of Fame. They're gonna, they're gonna give him a plaque when he's passed away, so he doesn't get his moment. It sucks, but he kind of did it to himself. Yeah. And he did cheat the integrity of the game. Like even as a manager, even if you bet on your own team, you know what days you want to bet on your own team. And what days you don't want to bet on your own team based on pitchers, what pitchers you have available. It's just it's against the it's literally the cardinal rule. The steroid users who who got banned like Barry Bond steroids wasn't illegal in the game when they were using it. In fact, it was helping Bud Sealing grow the game and grow revenue, which is why he let it happen for fifteen years. Gambling and baseball has always been the cardinal rule, don't do it. And he broke it. So I I really don't think you can compare him to a Barry Bonds or the steroid use other steroid users that are on the ballot. It's such a different. Is situation. it though? Because it's it's it, it. It wasn't steroids weren't against the rules. They weren't. They weren't against the rules. The only reason they are against was the it rules what? now it is because Congress. It was O two. Two thousand five. If in two thousand five Congress didn't step in and say they had to test players for these things. We would still have juice players in the game. We still do, but we would still have 60% of the league on steroids. But do you really up to think baseball. that, I guess, yes, like cheating with in terms of betting, but do you think it's as serious of an offense? Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's even is, more it's serious. It's even more serious. Now. But you're looking at someone who did it 30, 40 years ago where, you know, he's betting on. JV, you're messing, you're messing with what? the integrity. integrity. Of if, if players, if players, if you can't trust that what you're seeing on the field is completely, is completely clean and it's not fixed or anything, then you're just, then but, There's no point in watching. But the integrity of the game has already been ruined. I mean, you're talking. No, it has. Gam- yeah, because no, of gamblers, gamblers like Pete Rose. At least the record. At least the records are real. Like Barry Bonds hit 762 home runs. He might have been juiced up, but he hit them. If Pete Rose threw a game, then that game is. It should be wiped clean from the from the what uh, I'm saying is from the record. The yes, people have done things in the past, and even just now, look the whole Houston Astros cheating scandal. Which, I mean, who knows? What, there was no fallout from that. I mean, the Astros is still the, the 2019, 2017. Uh, no, not 2019. The 2017 uh, World Series champions. And so it's it. I just think gambling on baseball what? is no. worse than what the Astros what? did. The Astro, the Astros yeah, didn't throw a baseball it. game. They cheated. They it. gave themselves an advantage, but they didn't. They didn't mess with. The, they didn't they mess, didn't with, mess the with the integrity of the game. 
No, they didn't. They they gave That's themselves messy, they gave messy. themselves an advantage, but it wasn't it, was it wasn't completely the tipping the what? scales. Pete Rose had Pete Rose had the uh, had the they weren't controlling what the other team did. Exactly. They didn't, well, I guess they didn't know it was coming, but they weren't control. They didn't have direct control of so the outcome. Pete Rose did, and he gambled on baseball. It completely throws off. It's different than so cheating you're, is you're cheating, gambling is gambling. The Astros, they knew you know pretty much every pitch that was coming. They knew what was happening. They knew how to how to you know defeat it. You're telling me that doesn't mess with the outcome of the game. It gives you an oh, advantage to affect the outcome of the game. Come on. Gambling on your own team <laughs> directly <laughs> changes the outcome of the game. You could you directly both, change You it. think both don't? So you think one doesn't, one doesn't? You just... They both do to some extent, but <laughs> one of them... The, what the Astros did indirectly does because it gives it just gives the Astros hitters a better chance. What Pete Rose did directly changed games because he would make moves based on how he bet on that given day. So, so with that, you know, it's it's we're wrapping up here on infield flyers. You know, um, we're uh, getting toward the end right now. Um, cheating versus gambling. If you guys have any ideas, you can shoot them out to Dave Capitano at gmail.com and uh, he'll be able to answer them for you. See what, what the difference is between them. Yeah, that's not the email. <laughs> just follow, just follow us on Twitter, <laughs> Infield Flyers Podcast, and let us know what you think. Oh, if you made it this far in the podcast. All right, let's let's get let's that's, a, that's a that's a that's a very that interesting debate. I, I don't think either one. Like that. I like that. That was good. So, what play? Real quick, we'll spend like five minutes. What players do you guys think are on track for the Hall of Fame? I have. I think it we should just shout one out each. So I'll go first. I, I'll get the obvious one out of the way with Trout. So I'd say Mike Trout for sure. Not even a question. Okay. Right, and then yeah, no I'll throw a, I'll throw another one out there that um, I think um, is on like technically on track if he has um, similar seasons to what he did is Joey Gallo. Um, I he's. <laughs> really young. I think he's all he's like 25, 26. I think that he has the potential to become a Rangers superstar. He already really is the face kind of of their whole organization, but I think that he's got ridiculous power. He's somebody who is a threat at the plate, and I think that if he has like 10 to 15 more seasons of just continuously hitting homers, driving in runs, I think he can be a potential Hall of Famer. I like him. Joey Gallo also I like that. was I like really that good at MLB The Show. Um, that just gives him extra points for me, personally. So, But Gallo made the All-Star yeah, team was two years ago, I believe, watch. too. It wasn't just – he waited last year for sure, um, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't, he's, he's had two 40 home run seasons, and he's only 26. So, yeah – I like I that one a lot. I miss. I mean, that he's just a guy through. who's always like out of nowhere. I just remember what made me think about that was like two years ago. No, whenever the year he was, he was an all star this year. So he was an all star this year. I remember watching like a pregame show and watching him take batting practice, and he was hitting like five hundred foot bombs, like almost like Giancarlo Stanton level. But like he's actually not hurt. Like he's like healthy and as he's so young and has a potential for a very long career. Like I don't know about you. Like this might lead me to say too. I don't know if it's like a guy like Stanton would make it because like I think that he had potential to really like be a guy that would lead you know a career into the Hall of Fame and just put up crazy power numbers. But and maybe I'm speaking too soon. But a guy like him, for example, injuries have proven to set him back. I see a guy like Joey Gallo who is young. He if he can get his batting average up, because right now it's like low 200s, if he can get like his average up to like 260, 270, it's like 50 seasons, he's, I think he's in without a problem. In, in. Yeah, that's interesting you brought up Stanton, because I, th- I kept on going back and forth because he's 30 years old and he has over 300 yeah. home runs. I mean, it's just me, the injury question. Yeah, I. 
Uh, it's, I, I do understand your, um, what you mean in Jolie Gowell. I mean, I, for one, I think as long, hmm, I think John Carlos Stan, he's on track to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, 300 home runs. I think he's definitely going to pass 500. Has you know seven seven eighty five RBIs already. He's given two seasons. He's gonna he's gonna pass over you know a thousand five hundred RBIs eventually. You know as long as if you know if he can maintain his average to have about a you know two seventy to two seventy five average, I think you know I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Was that your last? Uh... So you have yeah, Gallo I think I mean like the, the only five. It's only five minutes left. Those are probably two of my my big ones. Um, so yeah, for current ones for sure. Ooh, cool. what about tough. you, JB? Um, I mean, yes, you have the Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, Verlander. Um, hmm. a few picks. Um, one, I think Stanton. You know, as long as he continues to um, Another one, I think Joey Votto. I think he's... Let's go on, Reds. I think, on, I think he's on his pace. I think, you know, uh, he Dave definitely would love to hear that one. Um, yeah. Chris, Sa- Chris Sale's another one. So he's a- I think Chris Sale, you know, left-handed pitcher, filthy when he's on, is definitely ridiculous. And if I had to say one more, I want to say someone, uh, I want to say two people. Garrett Cole, I definitely think consistency, he's definitely on his way. And someone like, you know, Nolan Arenado. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I have have most of those guys. Vado actually... I have him at falling just short. He's a little bit old. He he'll probably get to two K hits, but he probably won't get to twenty five hundred or three thousand. He's a three oh seven hitter and his on base percentage is insane. But like he his on base percentage is insane because is because he's never they never really had the pitch to him, so he never really had the really dominant seasons. I don't know if he has enough time left to just compile stats at this point. I mean, I think, you know, he's... Hopefully, I mean, he, you know, he's he has a way to almost for sure. 300 home runs, 1,000 RBIs, 307 batting average. So, I think he's on his way. But we'll see. We'll see. I had... Uh... I have Arenado, obviously Cole, like you said. Uh, who else wasn't said? Craig Kimbrell, I think, is pretty oh, yeah. close to a lock-in Hall of Famer at this point. Ten years, three hundred forty-six saves, fifteen strikeouts per nine innings. That's a good one. ERA, just over two. Uh, Robinson can. Robinson Cano, 15-year career, three hundred two batting average. I know he hasn't shown it for you. We know, yet, we know that. I think he'll have a big. Half a season this year, uh, 320, 324 home runs. He's a player that could actually get re- hurt by this shortened season because he has twenty five hundred and seventy hits. So, I mean, he's thirty six, I think, right now. So, hope he probably had two or three more seasons. It'll be interesting to see if he could hold out long enough to get that three thousand hit. I think that'll with the with his. PED suspension. I think he'll need the three thousand hits to be a sure thing Hall of Famer. And then uh, I think one. I have another Texas Ranger that I think could might be able to sneak in. Elvis Andrus has quietly put together a really good career. I would never think of him as like the best shortstop in baseball or even a top five. But in 11 seasons, he already has 1,700 hits. So he has a, and he's only 30. So he has an outside shot to get to 3,000, which is usually That's good enough to get you into the Hall of Fame. Oh, definitely. 
I like that. Yeah. And then I have some other ones I think fall short, like Nick Markakis and David Price, but yeah, uh, I think doesn't um, really matter there. I, I think David Price is definitely going to fall a little short, only because of pretty much you know his, his one his career against the Yankees is, and his career in the postseason as well is really going to fall a little short. All right, guys, that's all I got. You guys have any last? I'm good. Thoughts? I just uh, good talking yeah, to too. you guys. It was a lot of fun. A Rod's not buying the Mets. We've got to talk about that thing to remember. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that happened that last owner. week. I forgot. So, but, but yeah, but I'm all good. Looking forward to talking next week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. See you later. Awesome. It's been a pleasure.